Hi, I'm Pastor Jennifer, and I am from Bryan Community Church here in Bryan, Texas. Uh, if you haven't um, joined us before, welcome. We're glad that you're here. And if you have a chance, I encourage you to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, as well as visit bryancommunitychurch.org to visit our website. Uh, we are a new church plant. We are just at the beginning stages um, of, of just a great ministry that, that God has called us to here in Bryan, Texas, and really all around the world. Um, but as we plant this church, um, I thank you for being a part of it. I encourage you to, to pray with us as we uh, love God, love people, and share Christ's hope with the world. Uh, what I'd like to do is share with you a sermon that I preached this past Sunday, and um, it is the beginning of Lent, and so what we are doing, we are doing a series entitled uh, Voices of Lent, and so we are taking a look at a number of people and lives that were, were changed by Jesus while he did his ministry here on earth. And so today we're going to take a look at Peter, and uh, before we jump into scripture, uh, I, I just want to start out by asking you... Um, has anyone ever forced you to do something that maybe you weren't necessarily excited about doing? Uh, I shared the example with the congregation that I remember as a kid, I was 16, and my parents thought it would be the one a, a great idea to load up uh, their camper as well as my grandparents' motorhome and travel out west. Now, um, in their defense, it was. It was a fabulous idea. But at 16, I thought this was a terrible idea because I would be leaving uh, friends back home and I would have to share tight quarters with my younger brother. And uh, so I certainly uh, protested. This was also the time in which uh, we didn't have cell phones. I'm dating myself. And uh, what I had to do is I went to Walmart and I had to buy a calling card. And I would use that calling card every evening uh, to call back home. And of course, I would have to use a payphone. So I, I told our teenagers in our midst, uh, if they think it's bad because they don't yet have a cell phone or if um, you know they think it's bad because their parents are making them put their cell phones up at night, uh, how about not having a cell phone at all? I did not. And so um, just a, a little glimpse of the time. Well, here's the thing. My parents loved and cared about me. So did my grandparents. And say, so they knew that it was good for me to, to get on that, that RV or, or get in the truck and travel out to see uh, our great country. When I say travel west, I guess we're kind of in the Midwest. We're in the, the center of the United States. Then I was living in Maryland, and so we traveled uh, across country, uh, across the, the northern part of the country, up to Alaska, and then back across Canada. Um, but anyways, I share that story because sometimes in life, uh, we are encouraged and um, not always given the opportunity to say no to do something. Well, the same thing can take place in our faith. And I'm going to unpack that here uh, as we read Matthew chapter 14. And so I am going to share that with you today. And this is after Jesus... <clears throat> fed 5,000 people, and uh, he had the, the disciples help him do so. And so we are told in chapter 14, starting at verse 22, after he, he fed 5,000, we are told immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side 
while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Then Peter got down, oh, excuse me, immediately Jesus reached out his hand, he caught him, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat, they worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. Now, there's a lot in this short passage and we could spend time talking about, uh, you know, Jesus taking some time to go up on the mountainside to spend time with God. Uh, I think that is a sermon for another day that we need to take time to get away and to, um, to just spend time with our Heavenly Father, to be rejuvenated. Jesus was probably exhausted um, from all that he had done earlier. Um, he had just found out that John the Baptist, his cousin, had been beheaded. And so I imagine he needed to, to take a step back. So we could spend time talking about rest and rejuvenation and being in the presence of God. Um, but also we can talk about, um, you know, just the faith that the disciples must have had Peter to step out underwater and to, to walk on it. I mean, that is absolutely unheard of and that is a miracle. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. But what I really want to focus on is verse 22. This, I'll read it to you again. We are told Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. He made them. And if you have your Bible there, I'd ask you to underline it or highlight it. This is where we get the expression, Jesus made me do it. So if anybody asks why you're out serving uh, or going to church or, um, you know, being selfless and kind and showing compassion or forgiveness whenever it looks like maybe somebody doesn't deserve it, um, you just say, Jesus made me do it. But let's unpack this even more. You know, the disciples, they could have stayed on the shore. I mean, they had just spent all this time with, with all of these new folks. I wonder how many people that they had befriended. Why not just stay with the crowds of people? Or how about go with Jesus? Jesus went up to the mountainside to rest. Why couldn't they go up to the mountainside and rest? You know, uh, there's something magnificent just being in God's creation, looking out, um, I imagine, uh, across the land if they were climbing high enough um, and, and having their own moment with God. They could have, but they didn't. And there was a reason because Jesus said, um, you know, get into the boat. No, Jen, you're going on the trip with your family, whether you want to or not. Here, Jesus is saying, 
disciples, whether you want to or not, you're not going with me to the top of the mountain. You're not going to stay here with the people. Instead, go on. Get into the boat. Jesus made them get on the boat. And so, um, you know, sometimes in life, we don't always know why uh, we are being told to, to get on or why we're going to go somewhere or what it is that we're going to do. You know, the Lord, he speaks to us and he says, go, I want you to do this. Or I want you to see her or I want you to see him or I want you to, to serve here, there or, or anywhere. And we don't see the future. Um, the disciples didn't know why they were getting on the boat at the time. Uh, they didn't know why Jesus was leaving them. But yet, because Jesus is God's son and he is omniscient or all-knowing, there was a purpose in this. And this is, I think, something that we have to understand, that there's a purpose when Jesus calls us to do something, to go and to get on a boat or go and do. And Jesus knew that if the disciples got on this boat, uh, he knew that there was a storm coming up because we were told the waves were, uh, or the wind, hold on, let me start over, that the boat was buffeted by the winds. To be buffeted, it means to, to, to be forced in. Um, it would not have been uh, an easy, smooth sailing across the sea. It would have been rough and difficult. Uh, but yet, Jesus knew this. The disciples didn't. Jesus knew this. Um, and Jesus also knew that while it would have been a difficult sailing, that he would also appear to them. And so in this appearance, it would be a, a miracle. One, Jesus was walking on water, but two, that, that Peter would get out of the boat and step out. And with faith, with enough faith, he was able to walk on that water. As long as he was looking at Jesus and he was concentrating on him, miracles occurred and that's what happened there was a miracle that Peter got to be a part of and so I guess the whole lesson for us today is is that is that if Jesus calls us to do something we might not see where it is that we're headed and and it might be difficult and it might be rocky and it might be hard um, it, it might be easier to stay where we were to stay with the people that, that we know or we knew but yet, if Jesus says, no, I want you to get out of the boat, or I want you to go to this location, or I want you to go to these people, and I want you to do X, Y, and Z, yeah, I mean, he's kind of being bossy. But there's a purpose, and there's a reason, and, and Jesus shows that in this passage, that he had a plan for the disciples to see who exactly he was, that Jesus was the Son of God, because by the end of this passage, they proclaimed it. And so I want you to, to think about that because if we go back to that story of my family, you know, making me get on an RV and, and spending three weeks out of my summertime as a 16 year old um, in tight quarters with, with my family, there was a purpose in that. And I look back and I am thankful every day that I'd had that opportunity. I didn't know it at the time, but my, my parents knew what they were doing. They knew that it would be beneficial for me to take that time, those three weeks as a teenager, to, to go and see our great country. Well, 
even more so, we have a Heavenly Father who cares about us and knows what's best for us. And He sees the future and He sees the value of what He's calling us to do. And so um, I encourage you to think about that today and as the week and months that continue on, as seasons come and seasons go, that you be thinking about where Jesus is calling you. And if it feels forced, there's that's probably okay too. You know, sometimes it's not the most comfortable when Jesus asks us to do something, but yet he sees the future and he knows that, um, that he's going to be present. And even if it's rocky and even if it's difficult, he's going to calm the waters like he calmed the water for Peter. And he's also going to use you and he's going to, to show you the power of God. If we put our faith and our trust in him and we don't lose focus, we might be able to walk on water. And if not literally, definitely metaphorically. And so this passage for me as a pastor and as a new church plant pastor, uh, and for a congregation who is like, we've never done this before. Where are the resources going to come from? Uh, where's our next place going to be right now? We're, we're borrowing space, uh, from, uh, an incredibly generous church, um, at, First Presbyterian Church here in Bryan, but yet we know that we're not going to be there forever. So we need to find a building. We need to find land. We need to find a land and a building, and then resources to 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 build something more permanent. You know, but yet God's got it worked out. And so, for as stressful as that can be for a new church plant, I'm just going to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to get on the boat. Or, um, you know, it would be a lot easier to just go find another church home and just get plugged in there. You know, starting a new church, that's hard. That's difficult. But we've been called to, to plant a church here in Bryan and to reach people for Christ so that everyone feels like they are welcome. Um, all right, I'm going to get on the boat. All right. Brian Community Church, we're getting on the boat. We're going. We're going to trust you. And when the, the winds pick up and it gets difficult, we're going to see that you are with us and that you're coming towards us and you're embracing us and you will calm the waters when the waters need calm. And miracles are going to be performed. But it's not just a church plant. I think that's for any of us in any kind of relationship that we're in uh, with our spouse or when we're uh, working with our children or if um, the wind starts to rise and the seas start to, to get difficult, maybe with our health, maybe with the health of somebody that we love, uh, maybe we're unsure about our current situation at work or um, you know a, a situation uh, with a place that, that we're um, volunteering in, you know, whatever it is, Christ is with us. And if we just stay the path, if we just get on that boat and we just trust that he's going to work it out, wow, he will. And in ways that, that we're not even going to understand until, you know, we look back and say, there was God. He was with us the entire time. There was Christ. And we will say, truly, he is the son of God. And so this Lent wherever we find ourselves, whether it's a new church plant, or a new church plant pastor, or maybe we're just mom, or dad, or sibling, or friends, or coworker. Let's just trust to take that step, to get on the boat, wherever it takes us, 
because Jesus has it figured out. He sees the future and we're just going to trust and we're going to get to celebrate at the end and say, truly, truly, you are the son of God. And I am so thankful that I listened and that you made me do it. Brothers and sisters, may you hear the word of God, know the word of God, and live out the word of God. I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And until you join me again, thank you on behalf of Bryan Community Church, where we love God, love people, and share hope.